Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Access Podcast. We are so happy to have you with us, and thank you again for tuning in. Right now, we are going to be talking with Ricky Long on today's episode of Access Testimonies. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Access Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Today, we have Ricky Long sharing his testimony with (laughs) us, as well as we have Alec, who will be co-hosting as well. So the most important thing about testimonies is obviously, you know, pointing things back to Christ. That's why we do this. But we also do it to really share the personality of the people that we have at Access. So, Ricky, if you want to share a little bit, a couple fun facts about yourself. Yo, what's going on, you guys? Um, First fun fact, um, I'm a boss at gaming. That's the truth. You can ask anybody around. Alec, go ahead. Ricky's a troll. Dude, come on. <laughs> come on, you're supposed to have my back there. If you ever want to get quick scope, just get in the lobby with Ricky. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I have gotten wrecked many times. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we also do Minecraft for the faint of heart. Okay, don't worry about it. We do that too. It's not just a kid thing, okay? I'm going to let you know that now. I, I dare, and I, I challenge you if you think that it is. Ricky introduced me to survival mode on Minecraft, just so everybody knows. Yeah, baby, come on. And for all of you gamers who are not gamers that are as lost as I am, welcome here. <laughs> so, Ricky, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? Yes, it was good. Um, so, obviously, with everything going on, we didn't really, you know, do stuff. But finally, after it, um, we, we we wanted to grill out. And I, uh, I had this grill that had no propane, no igniter. And I was just like, you know what, Lord, like, let's get this figured out. And finally, someone actually blessed me with a propane tank, put it in. And then realized that my igniter didn't work. And I was like, okay, how the heck am I supposed to figure this out? Finally, uh, finally I grabbed a, this this lighter and I was like, I'm just going to wing it. And, and sure enough, it uh, turned on. So thank you to the Lord for that one. And we took advantage of that. So we had some people over this weekend and just grilled and it was fun. Yeah, it was good. And they started a new series on Facebook called Dude, We Wish We Were Perfect. Yes. Do you guys want to go check out the video? Make Hilarious. sure you check that video out. Hilarious. Um, it wasn't scripted or like we just kind of went along <laughs> we were like okay what, what's gonna be what's what's good what's good what's a good scene and then uh shout out to orion and, and josh walters um orion finn not walters he's not a walter uh, um but it was just it was us being silly and man i'm telling you and not, I'm, I'm not biased but it was just pretty awesome a bunch of goofballs yeah. a bunch of goofballs we got. all shots were done in one one shot just want you to know that one no? shot sure <laughs> we, we believe you <laughs> no double takes <laughs> One shot wonder right there. Come on. That's my gamer tag. Just kidding. That's not it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you can follow him at uh, Ricky Wu on, what is it, Twitch? Yeah, you got the Twitch Prime. It is actually Ricky Wu Long. But I'll I'll be honest, as much as I am a gamer, I I don't stream. I should. I'd I'd probably just quit everything if I didn't. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, make sure to go follow him. Absolutely. Well, we should probably get into this. So, Ricky, tell us a little bit about your background and who makes Ricky Ricky. Okay, so it really it really started off. Um, I, I grew up going to a Vietnamese Methodist church, and there we we kind of just as as kids, our parents kind of expected that of us, and we went to say, okay, mom, dad, I I checked off the list of you what what you wanted me to do on a Sunday. And it really didn't become real to me until um, I actually left the church I was at. And um, we grew up with a, a spirit-filled family. They were called the Pierces. And um, it's it's funny, you know, I was actually thinking about them today. And um, just the hand that they had on, on my life, really. Um, it was there at a Bible study that um, I encountered Christ, um, truly, of who Christ was. Because for me, 
it was this very boxed in relationship. I didn't, I mean, I knew of him. I, I knew what church was about, but it didn't really become real until I, I went to this Bible study one night where they, they kind of opened the door to what a relationship with Christ looked like. And uh, I remember seeing people praying in tongues, lifting their hands up. And that was something that was foreign to me. You know, the idea of someone raising their hands in worship was like, dude, you're weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's, it's something that I didn't want any part of. I'll be honest with you. At first, it was, it was uncomfortable. And then people started speaking in tongues. And I was like, okay, is that German? Is that... <laughs> what is this? You know what I mean? But it was so cool because like... I mean, obviously, being like opening myself to it, realizing that, you know what, it's like these people are just having this genuine um, encounter with who Christ is. And for me, as weird as it was, I saw that and I was just like, I want that. And I didn't even know I wanted it, but I knew I, wa- like, I, I wanted it. And so um, my second time there, uh, I think I decided to give my life to Christ. And um, it was just kind of the thing that slingshotted me uh, towards the faith. I, you know, I went to uh, Rogers High School, Golden Hawks, <laughs> Go Hawks. Um, we were bad at every every sport there is, but um, I take pride in just kidding. There's really nothing. Um, I'm just glad that my school was there for me to be there. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, nah, it was. Uh, I, I went to to Rogers High School, and um, I was the kind of kid who just, I just, I wanted to be a part of every group, not just one. That just wasn't who I was, and um, and I say that humbly, you know. And and it was cool because I was I was like they received me well. Um, I just. I was very outgoing, very, you know, open to everybody. Um, teachers were probably like, hey, this kid's the kid that needs to shut up. And I never did. So <laughs> that was cool. Um, but, I, I, you know, like that, I mean, during high school, um, that's kind of when I started to build my relationship with Christ. And once this Bible study that I was going to started to end because they were growing their family and they just didn't have the time anymore, I was really dependent on that for my faith. And, um, not realizing it at the time, but once they stopped, I kind of stopped pursuing Christ myself because I didn't know what that looked like outside of that, you know? And so, um, didn't really bother with that until, um, I want to say like college at, uh, one of my brother's best, best friends. Um, he, what he said to, he, he invited me and he said, Hey, there's a, there's a church that, um, I, I think you'd love to be a part of. It's, it's the one that I'm interning now. And it was actually access at the time. And, um, before access, I actually went to uh, Pastor Lee Cummings Church, Radiant Church, and I was like, "Man, this is awesome." He was like, "Well, if you like that, there's there's one close to you." And I was in high school or college at the time, and I didn't really have a car, so I was like, "Okay, sweet, this is like 10, 15 minutes away. Let's do it." And then I went, and uh, the first time I went to access was one of the coolest things ever. Um, I remember walking through the doors, and the way that people greeted me was it, it was just so powerful because. Uh, I just remember thinking my own, not to compare churches, but this, this was my experience, you guys. I walked through the door and within five to 10 minutes, access became my home because of the way people greeted me. And it's like, I, I've been to this Vietnamese Methodist church for like 10, 12 years. And never once did I feel that. And so for me, it just made it easy. You know, and, and, and after I came that day, uh, my buddy Jordan, who was interning at the time, said, if you love it so much, come check out our main service. And this was back in like 2013, 14. And um, I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll do that. And then came. And uh, I remember actually that Sunday coming to, to Res, the main service for the first time, and I rededicated my life to Christ there. So that, uh, I mean, that, that was like for me, you know, and um, that's kind of where my, my faith journey uh, really started, you know, to, to kind of rekindle. Um, I grew up, um, just a little backstory of who I am. You know, I grew up, um, 
my dad left when I was about six years old. And so just, you know, single parent, um, you know, my mom kind of just, she, she, she was the one that really kind of encouraged us to continue to go to church and continue to build our, our walk with Christ. And I know for a little bit there, like stepping away and not pursuing Christ, um, kind of hurt her a little bit because she, all she wanted was for her kids to be, you know what I mean? Um, in line or in walk with, in walking with Christ and ha- having a relationship. And so I think for her to see us, you know, I, I have an older brother who's in LA and he's, I mean, he, he's a part of a, a church out there that he loves and it's booming out there. And my sister, you know, she's pursuing Christ as well. And she, I think for her as a parent to see her kids pursue Christ, I think is awesome for her. And so that's kind of the the home life that I had growing up, you know, again, um, didn't really have a, a male role model of what it meant to be a, a man of Christ until um, really when I got married, um, seeing my father-in-law just be such a good example of who and, and what a, a godly man looks like, um, I think for me has just been a, a huge blessing. Um, I like to say that my, my life really started when I started coming to Res. Um, I got my pretty much my real big job, first job here. Um, I met my wife here. Um I mean, it's just like, I, I think about it and, and I'm not like a, a pro this church or pro that church, but this it truly has become my home, you know? And, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm blessed to be, to be here. So. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Through, through all of that, um, how did you see like God, his hand working through all that, you know, starting a job at Rez, meeting your wife, just feeling welcome. Where did you, did you have any time to like reflect on that and see what God was doing through all of that? Man, um, it's hard not to see God work through any, like he, it's funny looking back at it. He was present the whole time. There's this, uh, this little story about the the footsteps in the beach and in the sand. I'm not sure if you guys ever heard of that, but you know, it's, it's in the moments where I realized that there's one, one set of feet, however you say that a pair of feet, (laughs) I don't know. Um, it was in those moments that I recognized that like looking back on it, uh, Jesus was the one carrying me and. Um, there, there have been moments in my life where, um, I thought that he wasn't there, but he's been there the whole time. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in our circumstances, but our circumstances never, never, ever define how good he is and, and when he's, you know, been present. Um, and so just looking back, I, 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 I wish I could tell you that I've had moments where it's just been unbearable, but I don't, honestly, my life has just been a blessing, even in spite of not having a dad around. You know, I think that would probably be the the biggest moment where I, I really struggled. But even then, um, just having people around me has been one of the biggest supports that I've had. And, and recognizing that because of that, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, surrounding yourself with people who can remind you that Christ has always been there is so, so important. Because it's in those moments that I had that I was struggling with that, are, that they reminded me, hey, Jesus is there. And, and it's not that simple sometimes to other people. Sometimes they're going through through rough things. But personally for me, what I've been through is is you know what like despite those circumstances I know I know and I've seen him be there in my life so yeah yeah I think I think what you touched on of like growing up without a dad I think a lot of listeners can uh, sympathize with that in one way or another whether their dad wasn't fully there or was present but wasn't really there um, can you explain how that transitioned for you was it difficult because you didn't grow up with an earthly father to kind of view God as a heavenly father in your kind of journey with that I think. Because when when I was younger, um, dealing with him obviously not being there, um, there was some. I, I remember growing up with jealousy, looking at my friends who 
uh, just for an example, I, I can think of one specific friend. I'm not going to name them, obviously. But um, I remember looking at him and his relationship with his dad. And he actually, what, what showed was that he was annoyed with his dad. Um, I'm, I'm going to try not to cry here. Okay. Um, I remember looking at that situation in the scenario, thinking to myself, dude, if only you knew what you had. You know, and, and I remember looking at that and going, man, how many more how many more fathers are dealing with this? Because they're too much into their sons. Like for me, I was always like, dude, you're so lucky you have your dad in your life. You know, and to think about like, there's people who are like, man, I just wish my dad would just step off sometimes. No, if, if you have a father or a mother who, who wants to be a part of your life, take that. Take that opportunity because I can, I can tell you this now. There are people in this world who wish that they had that. And so for me, um, going through that, obviously, I just had a big father wound there and um, growing up. And, and, and what's cool is that I've been able to, throughout the years, be a part of things like Kairos, um, where, you know, they, they, they have a moment where they kind of connect with a father wound. And for that, for me, was one of the big moments in my life going, God, I release my dad of, of everything of not being there for my graduation, of not being there for my wedding. Like that was a big thing for me. Like it was, it was, it was weird because there are moments where I told myself, all right, yeah, yeah, God, I, I forgive him. But there was always like, okay, you forgive him. But then there's this, this opportunity to be offended again. But I'm like, no, Lord, I, I'll go through it. And I'll kind of get the wound will also like kind of open up again. But I'm like, no, Lord, Lord, I choose to forgive. And it's funny because forgiveness, you think it happens once, but it happens, you know, a lot often. You know, and, and, and now I can tell you this, that, you know, my, my dad, um, I, I have nothing but love for him. He's actually here in town right now. He lives in New York, but he's here in town and he's actually coming over today and uh, we're going to be grilling as well. So, uh, you guys can't come, but, um, <laughs> it's going to be fun. No hard and, feelings, Alex. <laughs> um, but I, I think about that and it's just like, man, our, our healing journey never stops. Um, but the focus has to not be on trying to get that healed. It has to be on Christ, you know? And, and I think for me, that's been one of the biggest blessings uh, and for people to remind me that constantly and again um just having other other males in my life because of the final and it could be a woman for other people too but for me specifically um it was just really cool to have other men in my life to be able to talk to me and, and mentor me into that too so i hope that answers that question yeah that's awesome so since you made that decision what was it kind of like for you to back in that home church that home group what was it like for you to like experience that but then kind of fall off did you feel like you lost accountability when they when they kind of stopped one 100 percent, and it wasn't anything they did it was the perception that I had in my mind because for me again I mentioned a little bit earlier um, um that became my church I didn't go to a church on Sunday I came to there like Saturday nights were the Bible study times and that was my church and uh I based my life around that that day and when they it, it and again, I, I can't stress this enough. I don't blame them for that. You know, they were starting a family and um, it was something that I, I myself kind of just didn't recognize the importance of having that one-on-one relationship with Christ. For me, it was having a relationship with Christ because of others did too, you know, and um, it, it became every Saturday. Every Saturday became once a month Saturday because again, their family was growing and they can only do so much. And for me, having two kids now, I, I look back and I'm like, man, how the, how the heck did they even do that? Because it's like, man, I have I have one Jed and he's, I mean, he's, he's crazy. You know what I mean? So to, to be able to, to schedule around that, like to think that and then have another one on top of that, like, and so I understand completely, you know, what they were going through. And it was a, it was a really cool season of my life. But again, for me, I think it was just recognizing um, 
the importance of building my relationship with Christ on my own. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So moving from that and then coming back to the church and then you guys both went through the discipleship program this year. What did it look like to have that kind of accountability back to where it's, there's people who are checking on you, making yeah. sure that you're growing. What was that like for you? Um, this is probably one of the uh, most difficult things I've, I've gone through um, regarding my walk with Christ. It's it's Nick Mayo. I, I love him so much. I, I was actually able to intern with him and to see where he's at. He, he, the dude's amazing, man. He's, he's the package. Um, with that being said, it was so hard because I was so used to keeping myself accountable but who in, in mean, quotations, everyone, yeah, just so yeah, you know, yeah, you don't see the bunny ears, but, um, it, you don't yell at yourself when you don't do something. You're like, Oh, I'll do it later. You know? And doing it later is like, Oh shoot. I said, I was gonna do it later six months ago. You know what I mean? But Nick and, and Melanie, they're, they're very adamant in going, Hey guys, weekly. And I'm going to tell you this now, if you choose to just like join the discipleship program, I would encourage you to do it f- all in because it does nothing but benefit you after. And Nick, and Melanie have no problem confronting you at all the slightest. And that I think was one of the coolest things because I wasn't used to that, man. It was foreign to me. And then for them to be, I mean, okay. Another thing, don't show up late to a chapel time. Preach. We, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sitting down and Nick, you know, like, Hey, I don't, I don't mean to focus on any of you guys, but then he looks at me and I could just see him entering my soul without my permission. <laughs> but I also said yes, because I decided to do the discipleship program and so it was like, man, it, it was, it's nothing slight of just powerful. And if I can say anything, it was just powerful because um, as someone who's kind of just free spirited, um, yeah, I know this is going to benefit me kind of thing. Um, it, it was different. Like if you go into expecting to be challenged, I promise you, you'll get that. And they do it not because they hate you. They don't do it because uh, they're they're there to spite you in front of everyone. They, they do it because they love you. I said in an interview, a little quick interview before, but I've been in very few programs where you can tell these people give it all. And Nick and Melanie give it all. They're very passionate about what they do. They're, you know, they're purposeful about what they do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, definitely. How would you say that your walk with God has changed since the discipleship program? Are there different things that you've put into practice that you've yeah. learned that have transformed that not only with your relationship with God, but your relationship with others? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if many of you who are listening are very well organized people, but uh, I can tell you honestly, I am not. And um, one thing that they, they equipped us with was this um, just a schedule. Uh, that we can do, especially after the program, because that's one of the things that, like, once it's over, I mean, not that they're, they are they won't look out for you, but you're kind of, do, I mean, you're doing it on your own. So I think they set us up for success when they wanted to, to do a schedule for us. Like, we were, before we left, we had to create a, a personal schedule for ourselves, and um, I think that's just been awesome for me, just because of, again, how free-spirited, unorganized I am. You know, like, um, it, it, it was definitely beneficial, but, I mean, that's just a tiny part of it. The lessons that we've learned, the the way that we've been taught. I mean, like when Pastor Daniel came in and, and talked about the Bible and, and the different ways to read scripture and, um, and and finding scripture when someone quotes it from their stage and, and making sure that it's backed up biblically. Um, it has been for me one of the, the life changing things, because I think sometimes we listen to a message by a well-known speaker and we take it as is. And sometimes what you don't realize is that when you go to scripture, you're like, 
I don't even think that says what he was trying to say. Like, what the heck? And so what's, what's crazy is that you realize that you can twist scripture. We did an assignment. Um, if you, again, I encourage you to join the program. And there's this assignment that's kind of twisted, but it's awesome because you realize, <clears throat> pardon me, you realize that you can take scripture and twist it however you want to. And that just shows how often it can be done in the real world. And it's scary, but it's also empowering because you know what? You have the ability to take scripture and go, okay, is this what it says it does? It is, you know, and you get revelation from God. So that's cool. And, and I don't want to give, obviously, the whole discipleship program to everybody because that's money, okay? You have to pay for that. Okay? <laughs> don't think you can just walk in here and listen to a podcast and get all this golden goodness. But anyways, um, yeah, so check that out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just passionate about it. Anyways, next. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, that is that is, that is is spot on of the program. You need to go through the whole camping yeah. experience, oh the, the torrential rains and the flooding of tents. I, I remember thinking that I was going to die. I'm telling you guys this right now. There's So there's this uh, first part of the discipleship program where they, they take you out on a, a retreat. And it was like, what, six days, seven days? Yeah. And the first two days, you're camping. And this year, when we went, um, guys, like, I thought I was never going to see my wife and kids anymore. And uh, it was bad. It was uh, this the storm. Like, there was a warning. Uh, I don't remember how many miles away of, like, a tornado or something like that. And we just slept in tents that night. And uh, I remember waking up, and shout out to Mike Cervantes. All I heard was him snoring and the rain <laughs> pouring. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. But um, I uh, was also terrified. But I'm telling you this now, that after those two days of enduring that and then going to this wooden mansion of goodness and a lot of pop, um, it was <laughs> awesome. And I, I would go through it again. And uh, the room that I had, um, I didn't have to share with any other guys, suckers. Um, but it was, it was fantastic. And so I'm going to tell you this now. It's worth it. It's not, you don't do the discipleship program just for this, but if you did it just for this, it'd be worth it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so bad. <laughs> there you go. And there's also that whole aspect of like building community, right? You know, just on top of the. Ah, uh, Bethany. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Definitely. I want to go back to something that you touched on about, um, your father-in-law yeah uh, and as far as accountability goes and all the things that he's been able to help you with uh, why don't you share with us because you've shared with me kind of the stuff that he's helped you with why yeah. don't you share with the listeners you know the blessing that he's been kind of the stuff that he's helped you walk helped yeah. walk you through yeah i would love that um so first off uh my father-in-law's name is pat binish he's one of the pastors here at res and uh, i have <laughs> i'm not one to to brown nose for the sake of it and i don't have to um, I can tell you this because I, I genuinely feel this from the bottom of my heart. I love the man so much. Um, okay, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> um, it's all right, man. Let it out. We can edit it out. <laughs> when when I, when I think of, of him, I think of just, again, the experience that I had with a father-in-law growing up. It was, uh, or no, not a father-in-law, just a father in general. Um, it was difficult. And then when, when you, you get married into a family, you expect, you know, you to be treated a certain way and all, I, I, not that I've heard bad things, but I've heard that he's, you know, he's strict or he's firm in what he's believed and, and all these different things. And I'm like, okay, so I have this built up perception of who Pat Benish is. Okay. And I, I, I start pursuing his daughter and I remember having like talks with him where it's just like, keep my daughter, you know, away from this, do this and all these different things like that. And, 
um, I remember like, how am I supposed to live up to this expectation? But then really when I started to, to not just pursue him for the sake of her, but because I genuinely want to know who he was, I felt like that's when I got to know him really well. And um, for, for me, a couple months back um, at Access, I'm not sure if you, you've listened to the, the, mo- uh, the moment where me and Bethany actually got to share, but um, I kind of mentioned just a, a little bit of my testimony with him. And um, part of that testimony was um, just him being vulnerable with me um, and me being bu- uh, able to be vulnerable with him. And um, I got to share something really personal with him. And I remember expecting for him to actually um, turn me away you know, because I, I made him a promise and, um, it was just one of those things where, um, because of, because of that promise, I was afraid to, you know, to see what he would think of me. And, um, when I told him finally, he, he looked at me and I expected the answer of how dare you, or I expected the answer of, you know what I mean? Like just for him to completely remove me out of who I thought, uh, who he thought I was to be. And, um, he did the exact opposite. He, he loved me. Um, and that was really one of the moments in my life that I can, I can personally say I've, I've encountered the love of Jesus because I expected someone to look at me with distaste, you know, with, um, just an angry look, but he didn't, he received me with love. And, um, I think for me, that was one of the coolest things. And, um, now I can share with him anything. I can be real with him and, um, I love my in-laws. I don't know if they'll ever hear this and it's okay if they won't, but um, I love them so much and they're an amazing people. And sometimes you hear the cliche, oh, my mother-in-law, oh, my father-in-law, they're amazing people. And I would stand to the end of that. You can quote me, you can hashtag me, you can put it on YouTube, you can put this on podcasts. Ah, just kidding, I know you tweet that. <laughs> but no, that's that's what I have to say about him and, and, and my mother-in-law is that they're amazing people. And I pray that uh, whoever is listening, that you find people that you can be vulnerable with, especially if it becomes, you know, your, your spouse's uh, family or um, some a mentor in your life. Find someone that you can be vulnerable with, because that's one of the most important things that we as believers need to be able to go and connect with people and, and kind of just lay it out. Who are your important people? Who are your mains? Because at the end of the day, these are my 4 a.m. people and I can call them and I know they'll answer. You know, so that's so good, Ricky. And I think I can attest to it, you know, being in the discipleship program with you for nine months is that you also just shine the love of God just on everyone that you meet, whether it be with your encouragement or just your presence. Um, and I want to and I want to shift in a little bit of a different direction here. You've brought up very briefly, you know, your wife. But a lot of people don't know either you're married or that you have two beautiful boys. Yes. And I'd love for you to share what that looks like for you you know, being the man of God you are and what that looks like in a household, yeah. spouse, father situation, because a lot of people at Access are still in that in that single season. Um, so if you could bring a little bit of light on, on how God has um, developed you and helped grow you in your relationship, not only with your wife and your sons, yeah. but God on top of that. Okay. Yeah. So I want to start off by saying, men, when you get married, just know that you're always wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> as you pursue your wife, no. That every argument, whether you think you're right or not, she's right. So I want to. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) No, in all seriousness, um, you know, my, so my wife's name is Kayla and uh, I have two boys. The first one is Jedediah Van Long and the, the, the second one is Zane Warren Long. Two amazing dudes, um, handsome, all because of their mom. 
Um, I just play a little part in that. Uh, but I mean, you know, you talk about the whole love of Christ and what does it look like to model? I think, um, so let me talk about in the aspects of kids. Uh, I think one of the coolest things for me and, um, some dads can attest out there too, but I think for me, um, seeing the father's heart and love for us as individuals has really been, um, just highlighted in a profound way to me through my own kids and how much I love I have for them. And to think, I mean, I, I think about Jed just because he, he's at the age right now where he can do stuff and get into things that I'm like, why would you do that? You know? But, um, man, I, I think about him and there's nothing that he could do to turn me away from him. There's nothing. And I, I just, I love him. So that's just the thought of my boys. Um, man, I, I, they're amazing. Um, and to think about the love that Christ has for us. I remember when, when, when Jed was born, I was in the hospital room with Kayla and I looked at Jed and I was, and, and I was talking and dialoguing with myself, telling myself that there's nothing that he could do. And this is my boy, you know, and, 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 and God highlighted something to me back when Jesus was baptized. Um, you know, you, you hear and you read in scripture, you know, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. But I remember hearing God tell me, you know, people read it that way, but they, they read it in the, in the God booming voice. But I heard it in, in such a, a fatherly way. I heard this is my boy and in him, I'm going to share him with the world. And for me, that was just gold because, it, again, I look at my sons and I'm like, these are my boys and I will do anything for them. I will love them to the end of the earth. And there's nothing they can do that, I, you know, that, that would turn me away. And I think that has been one of the coolest aspects for me as a, as a, as a believer, as a, as a man pursuing Christ, is to see the love that I have for him, um, for, for them, is incomparable, uncomparable to the love that Christ has for me. And I think if we remember that, uh, man, you know, there's things that we will get into that we, we could never, I think about David, you know, David, all, the, the cool thing about David is that he always ran after Christ, you know? ran after God. And so, um, for me, it's just recognizing that there's no, no matter what I do, God always wants to pursue me and that he wants me back. And I think that was the coolest thing. So there's that aspect of, uh, of God kind of showing through, uh, my kids. Then in my, in my spouse, I think, um, my, my wife, Kayla, she's an amazing woman. She's such a, a wonderful mom. And, um, sometimes I feel like she's too good. Uh, um, I'm always like, man, how do you do that? And I remember that she nannied before all of this. And I'm like, okay, so you had upper hand in this. Okay, sweet. She had some um, prior training. She had some prior <laughs> training. For me, I was just thrown into it. You know, I didn't really click that I was a dad until I was in the hospital room. And then he was there in my arms. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to protect this kid for the rest of his life. I'm going to kiss him in front of people that he gets embarrassed of and all these different things. <laughs> but no, um, so in, in the... You know, the whole thing with my wife, um, I think that one of the most important things for me that I've learned is that um, there are some fights that you just have to let, like there are some arguments that you just have to let go and not even pursue um, because at the end of the day, my love for her is so much more important than being right. You know, sometimes being right is, I mean, I've been right before and in two fault, I've, I've torn her down because of it. And... I'm going to tell you this now. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be right and not say that you're right because this, her loving her is so much more important than, you know, what's true, you know? And, um, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's wrong, but, um, 
so so there's that but the biggest thing that i've have to learn um is is to die to myself man that's so important and um i I remember asking people before we got married you know what's one advice that you'd give me and people would say the common stuff and all these different things but um if i could tell people people who are entering marriage like i'd tell them honestly it's tough and I'm going to say this, and, and I hope that you guys receive it well, because I don't mean it to, to be mean, but after being married, I realized, it, it, I understood why so many people got divorce, divorces, because honestly, when you enter in, to, there's two people becoming one who are dying to themselves, and when you can't die to yourselves and, and you're doing your own thing, it, it tears that apart. You know, and I realize how easy it is. And I, I look at my, my parents' marriages and I look at other people and, and not to judge or anything like that. But again, I see how easy it is. But I'm going to tell you this now. Like, so there's that. But it's so much more beautiful when you're working past those things that could be hard, that could be tough, that could tear marriages away. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's you have Jesus. And that's one of the most important things that I, I think you can do in a, in a marriage is to remember that, you know, he's he's the... He's the last part in that, in that covenant. You know, he's he's the third, and he's the one that holds that together. And as as two people pursuing Christ together, man, I, I think it's just powerful. And, and and so for me, just to, to, I mean, again, I hope that answers a little bit. But um, my relationship with Christ has, it can't be done without her. You know, and and, and trying to pursue um, him together, I think is one of the coolest things ever. And and um, if I can say this, I've been in relationships before you know, without Christ and it just doesn't work. I mean, again, because you're, I mean, a lot of selfishness happens. And I think when you pursue a marriage, um, found out in Christ, selfless, selflessness is, um, something that we're, we're seeking after and and trying to do, but sometimes, you know, it's, it's at fault and, and we, we don't get there, but it's, it's cool because we can just kind of keep going and, I'm just remembering that. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of rambling there. So no, that was that was good. No, that was awesome. Kind of shifting gears a little bit. You mentioned one thing. It's way more important to show love than to be right sometimes, and yep. showing the love of Jesus. Kind of translating that over into like your job, and because I know you're out Sunday mornings greeting people a lot. How does that love kind of translate into? Because you've helped us a lot, like welcoming people into access, and you always have your your pep talk and what is it they usually say it's like this is imagine like you're welcoming welcoming them into the kingdom right yeah. how does that kind of translate into shining your light even as something as simple as you know shaking a hand or saying hello or welcoming somebody into a church yeah um i want to start that off by actually saying um if you if if you ever heard of this his name is Craig Rochelle and he says um we sh- we as believers should be doing anything short of sin to reach the lost and uh i just think it's so profound because, I mean, what are we doing to bring, I mean, like at the end of the day, um, when people come to church, when people come to access or whatever that looks like, if they come and experience Christ just a little more than when they came, you know, if they leave when, when with a little more Jesus, I think we're doing a good job of just, I mean, because we're not, we're not the ones building the church. He is. But as we pour into people and, and, and give them the gospel, I think it's just, I mean, it's so cool. So with that being said, um, for, for us on First Impressions, we like to say, you know, um, we're creating an atmosphere so that God will move in the lives of every single person that we come in contact with. We're creating an opportunity for people to hear and receive the word well. Um, I think about, I went to a church called Christ Fellowship, and they, they actually said this here. Uh, people remember how they were treated more 
than the message they heard when they came. And I can't, I remember when I came to, to access and even res, I can't tell you what the message was, but how I was treated was what kept me here, you know? And so we as believers, man, when we're creating an atmosphere for people to receive and encounter Christ, um, I think it's just so important because we're, we're adding to the experience, you know, we're, we're creating an opportunity for them to encounter God. And when we, when we receive people wrong, there's one more barrier. There's one more thing that they need to get through. And, and I've had people, and, and I'll be vulnerable here, I've had people even, like, tell me, like, hey, your, your church doors were locked when I came, and uh, I don't want to come back. And, and it's like, really? Because someone didn't unlock a door, it created that barrier for someone not to be able to receive the message. You know, and, and so for us to, you know, to even go as, as small as a handshake or even as big as a hug, like, what are we doing to set the environment for people? Because it's important. It, it really is. I believe that wholeheartedly. And so, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that was so good, Ricky. And we just want to thank you so much for coming out and talking with us. You, you, The Lord has definitely moved in mighty ways in your life, and he's going to continue to move through you and your wife and your boys. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, we just want to say thank you for being yeah, open, being raw, being vulnerable. I know I saw some tears coming. This oh, was yeah. authentic. Oh, yes. <laughs> Stop. But yeah, it's always a pleasure, man. If you guys don't know who Ricky is, go and introduce yourself. He's an awesome person to know. But again, thank you guys for joining. We hope you learned something. We hope you gleaned something helpful from today. And thank you so much. We'll see you next time.